I want to see what that dad bot can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. Football and other efforts. I was just, uh, we got a whole thing about Titans Twitter. You know, I keep saying Titans Twitter. I need to call it Titans Social because there are multiple platforms that can't get their shit together, Zach. And, and, and we're, we're going to get into the Titans fans and their problems on, on the socials. But it, it's, it's, an ep, it's a pandemic. This is worse than COVID 19. Like, this is. This is attacking not only I feel like I'm getting physical <laughs> harm, emotional harm, and mental harm from Titan Social. And I I I don't know. I feel like the last three podcasts have been us just complaining about other people in the fan base. Like I I want to give people good content and I want to talk about the draft. But what dominates our social media and the topics of what has consumed the fan base are these idiotic things. And now people don't get the good content. They get funny content, but it's not, you know, it's not our best work. I mean, maybe it is, maybe people really more enjoy us ranting, but you know, everybody's got to fucking chill. <laughs> like that, that's the message of the podcast. It's not going to sound like it, but it's just, it's fucking chill. Put the phone away. I chill. Go, go, Fucking talk to your family or something. I just want to remind the Twitter sphere that shit can always be worse. Uh, let me just throw the Panthers out there who have not had a great day in the news today. We came out earlier, new Panthers offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, which by the way, McAdoo's rocking a new haircut. He has gone from the straight across bangs bowl cut to nights parted down the middle 90s butt cut. I mean, he, he just... Ooh. He is it, is it looks, greased up still? It's kind of greasy. He looks greasy in general. And he just looks like the kind of guy that's going to make inappropriate comments about females in your family. Oh, um, yeah, no, no doubt. And then a couple hours later, a news report comes out that um, the Panthers organization and owner David Teppen or Tepper, I can't remember which one it is, him in the city of Rock Hill, South Carolina, basically broken off. Um, construction progress on their like obscenely gigantic practice facility slash outdoor park slash healthcare park slash huge product project for the city of rock hill that was going to be this massive public development uh, apparently the city decided they didn't like the amount of tax money bonds that they were going to have to pay for this project the Panthers threatened to stop building. The city said, go ahead and stop building then. So they stopped building the facility, and it looks like it's about 30% done. So I say all that to say this. The Panthers now suddenly have taken a stance of, we don't know who our quarterback is, and it may or may not be Sam Darnold. And, oh, by the way, we're holding uh, Rock Hill hostage, which means that could very well turn into we want to move the team. So would you just keep that in mind? When you're tweeting at your star wide receiver that he's a diva and he needs to be fucking traded or whatever you're tweeting at this man. And don't call in the shows. If, if you're yes. just going to be a disgraceful person 
and and be a piece of shit because that's what these people are. They're pieces of shit. I, I'm I'm if you're a listener and you called into three HL on Monday and called because apparently that's where AJ Brown heard the diva stuff. It wasn't on Twitter. It was on the radio. Um, if you're calling in to call him a diva wide receiver because he wants to get paid more money, you better not ever go to your boss for a raise because then you're a diva. You are the diva, my friend, if you go to your boss for a raise because of what you said about A.J. Brown. I just don't want those people to call in. I don't want those people rooting for the Titans. I mean, at this point, there's a lot of people. I would rather us go down to maybe a let let's 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 hold auditions for if you can keep your fandom in the Tennessee Titans. What? Well, we'll I we'll get it form it. We'll form an exploratory committee and we'll figure out if you could be a fan of the Titans. And if not, we'll choose your next team. We'll help you find your next team. We're we're very generous be, that way. I want there to be levels of membership of fandom. So your first year, you get a t-shirt and you're allowed to show up to games. If you yell too many obscenities, I don't know that we can deal with you. But after your first year, you say, you know what? I want to be on Twitter. And then a panel looks at you and says, okay, let's answer the following questions. Your star wide receiver has tweeted the following. I guess it makes me a diva if I want to uh, argue for a new contract. I'm paraphrasing. And then he removes the word Tennessee from his profile. Go. What's your reaction? And if they don't say anything other than I just wouldn't tweet, it's another year ban on them for having yeah. social media. <laughs> we'll get to a few named people that, you know, that I'm going to call out and I will call them out because they, they deserve it. Because if they're going to tag a player, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just tag them. I'm fine um, I just, I don't get what everybody's was expecting. I, if AJ Brown wants to get paid, and he will, and they're in contract negotiations, which we have told you, then he shouldn't have to come to a stupid voluntary workout. Derrick Henry didn't come. Ryan Tannehill didn't come to the workout. Jeffrey Simmons didn't go. Mike Vrabel didn't even show up to day one. Why is it a big deal that only two of the we're making a bigger deal out of two people not going when even like Danico Autry didn't even show up. I don't think Taylor Lewan showed up on day one. Um, do we even know if Dylan Raiden showed up on day one? I mean, we we don't really we know for a fact Ben Jones, David Long, Kevin Byard, and Elijah Molden showed up. Beyond that, I'm not too sure we know anybody else showed up. And does it matter? Doesn't matter if they got go in and you know lift some weights and you know chat everybody up and say, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, you know, I hung out with Jelly Roll, you know, this weekend. That's what Tannehill did a couple of weekends ago, according to his Instagram. Him and Cortland Finnegan were hanging out with Jelly Roll, which is just so odd. Um, it's just this doesn't even matter. They didn't even have this last year. That's where the, my thing it stems from is that this didn't exist last year in April for the Titans. They canceled this for the Titans. In 2019, in 2020, that offseason, I think Tannehill was stuck with John U. Smith down in Florida, and I don't think he attended that either. Nobody gives a shit the last two years about these fucking workouts, but now because Tannehill threw three interceptions and 
they he didn't give you know stay stand up in the locker room and give generic answers to questions that you know he's going to get. Well, I'm focused on next year. What do you think he's going to fucking say about those games last year? That Bengals game. Right. He's going to say, well, I'm really focused on this year. Or I'm going to improve it. I'm not going to do. We're we're going to go to the Super Bowl and we still have Super Bowl aspirations. What what, what else do you think he's going to say? These people got to get a fucking life. Okay. I- Chad Withrow. Get a life because he put out this tweet that is the stupidest tweet I've ever seen. Well, not really, because I've seen a lot of stupid tweets. We'll probably get to it. But it's such a silly tweet that he's like, well, you know, he could be there doing his new, you throw into his new pass catchers. Well, there's only one and it's Austin Hooper. He's the only new pass catcher he has that can actually go out and catch passes. Are we really worried that from May through August, they're never going to see each other. Like it has to be in April. It has to be in April. It has to be at this thing that they didn't even do last year, this voluntary workout that they ended up canceling last year. But my God, the Tennessee Titans need Ryan Tannehill in April to be throwing to a uncovered Austin Hooper and Jim shorts for maybe 30 minutes. My God, the Titans fucking need it. That's what they need. And oh, and he's a shitty leader because he's not there doing it, even though he just organized people to come down to Florida and throw with everybody. Give me, here you go. Get your shots ready. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) It's, we have too much accessibility to people these days. I love tweeting that image of, it was an article on, I don't know, Politico or something, but the headline was, we should know less about each other. And that's honestly, it's the fucking truth. I want to go back to the days of my childhood in 1994, where I didn't know dick all about my friends all week until Saturday morning when I showed up knocking on the front door, asking if I could play video games with Matt. And that's, that, that, that's, that was my interaction. I didn't know what Matt was doing Monday through Friday. I'm going to find out right now when I play video games or play the woods or whatever, I didn't have a live tweet stream of Matt saying, just got fired from my job, uh, just got sexually harassed, just got whatever. I mean, like just going through this entire diatribe of people just spilling their life onto social media. And that's kind of my overarching problem with not just Titans social people who are tweeting at athletes and all that. I'm going to come back to that in a second, but I want to start with this point. I've made it before on this podcast. (laughs) I need to paraphrase this carefully because I don't want to say that this is the, uh, this is the fault of a pro athlete, or this is the fault of AJ Brown. It is not AJ Brown has just as much right to be on Twitter as anyone else, but I'm blown away and amazed that pro athletes even bother having a social media presence that they manage personally in 2022. I really am because I, I just don't think during your playing career that it is even worth it to put out there anything other than just generic. Here's my you know charity participation for the weekend. Here's money I donated to X. Here's some signed stuff I gave away. Here's a generic reaction to the win or loss or whatever we just had. Because you see, you under the comments, I'll, I'll choose F one. F one's a great example of this. If you want to just go brutal, let me say something. That's a brutal Twitter world, F1, because they will they will make fun of a racer. I mean, like 
nobody's business. I've never seen anything like and, it. And they stick it into every single thing. <laughs> F1 will tweet out, Pirelli tires are looking good for this weekend at Imola. Top comment will be, Max Verstappen's better. I mean, just like it's it's immediately right off the rip. Let me just read this tweet that someone put out earlier today. People love criticizing Marcus in 2019, but they can't keep the same energy with Ryan now, and I can't quite QWI, QWHIT is basically saying the word white, like it's a racist thing that we're not, that no one's criticizing Tannehill over Marcus. Before I get off on that tangent, where the fuck have you been for the last few weeks, few months since the, the Cincinnati loss? It has been get Ryan Tannehill out of here, despite you rip the team apart and get him out of here. Kill everyone in the locker room, but get Ryan Tannehill out of here. I, I I just don't know where this take is of that's not happening, but this is social media. You can just say shit and hit send, and it doesn't matter. And so let me go back to my original point. I'm blown away that pro athletes want to manage their own social media account during their working career at any time. You want to take over it later after you retire, whatever time frame you feel like, but I just don't know why you'd want to have that interaction. I mean, we say all the time on here that don't tweet creepy, nasty shit to athletes about like, you're my favorite person. And I just want to stare at you with my shirt off. And can I have a Jersey? Because these people don't know you. They're not your friends. So if you are pro athlete X and you got a contract, I'm not even going to put a precursor to it. You're pro athlete X and you're on Twitter. Why? I just, why do you want to read the opinion of these people that you're not friends with and you don't know what could you possibly read on there that would make you put your phone down and think I'm a better person for knowing that Brandon two, four, two, six, two, eight, seven from Wilson County just told me to get fucked because I won't sign a new contract. Well, what There's about these people in that threatening that, to kill Debo Samuel? Like yes. why? Let me say this. If I was a pro athlete and I saw that someone said, I'm going to kill you. If you leave the San Francisco 49ers, I'd say, I'd like to see you fucking try because I am going to figure out where you are and I am going to use my money and my influence to get your shit arrested because that's what Debo should be doing. Instead of making a video, he should be saying, look, this dude's going to kill me. I need you to go over to his house, fucking find his IP or whatever, because these, these fucking losers that say shit like that, they don't deserve to be football fans. It's like the people who threaten kickers and threaten kickers families. If they miss a field goal, they don't deserve. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They don't deserve. They don't deserve to be the fans of the sport of football. And I think it's interesting. Diana Rossini was on uh, Buck's show on Tuesday morning. And she talked about a conversation she had with Jimmy G heading into the NFC championship game. And that was the week where Mina Kimes said that I guess Jimmy G isn't needed for San Francisco or something. She said something and everybody on Twitter went all in on it and everything. And she goes, how do you handle all that? And he goes, I know who I am. Social media does not dictate who I am. And I don't need social media to tell me who I am or what I am. I know who I am. I'm confident in myself. And that's, I think, a lesson that people can take away. Uh, Athletes should be learning. If you don't learn anything is that social media does not dictate who you are. Social media can't tell me who I am or anything. I know who I am. It's like when people's, uh, shit, I wish I would have saved it. Someone sent a tweet last week because uh, I called people idiots for something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I call people idiots all the time. And, <laughs> no, do you? <laughs> yeah. And so he said, 
man, you're just ant- antagonistic lately. I said, I said, dude, I'm the same person I've been since I've started this account in 2018. I haven't changed. And it's like when um, I went on the Tighten Up podcast uh, recently, and I had a good time with those guys. And, you know, I know only probably 10 people heard it, but they asked me who my favorite, you know, or who my least favorite Twitter accounts were. And I named them. You know, I named Sal. I named uh, Kevin. I couldn't remember his last name, but this Kevin Johnson loser that's now on Facebook. And God, I wish he now, had taken, now banned himself to Facebook. Yeah, I wish he fucking would have took Sal with him. But <laughs> The and I named a few others uh, on there, and I said, "Look, I don't have to like anybody. I am a 36 year old man about to turn 37. I don't fucking like have to like anybody I want to. You could be a Titans fan, and I can hate you. And you know what's going to happen if I saw one of those people at the a tailgate and they try to be buddy buddy with me? I'm not a big man, a bigger man. Well, I'm I'm not a big man." But I'm also not a bigger man than what V-Love is. Because V-Love always says he'd take the high road. He'll buy you a shot. He'll he'll give you a drink, and you can hash it out at the lot D. <laughs> Me, I don't even want to fucking talk to you. I will actively avoid you. And if you actually come and talk to me and I don't like you, I'm just going to say, dude, I, you, I don't fucking care about you. Like, move, go away. Because that's who I am. And I don't, I'm confident in myself in that. AJ Brown needs to start being a little bit more confident in himself and not worry what Dave, you know, 13, 74, 65, 17, 22 says. And take that as that's what the whole fan base thinks. And that's my bigger issue is that these these athletes, and it's not just AJ, but there's other athletes that do the same thing that only focused on the negative. And how many times have we said that on this podcast? That they're they don't care about the positive because you get these stupid tweets. Retweet if you appreciate AJ all the fucking time on Twitter and all this stuff. And there's there's you get all kinds of tweets about people saying the Titans better sign him and the Titans need to pay this man, pay this man all the money, don't let him leave, retire a Titan. There is for every one tweet calling him a diva, there's literally 35 maybe even 40 saying AJ Brown's the man and he doesn't give a shit about that. And that's the problem with interacting with athletes and social media. I'll say it before I say it again, quit tagging them, quit tagging them and quit tagging coach Vrabel on Twitter. And, and then tagging this one guy, Timmy Owens. I'm going to read you this tweet. <laughs> Tim Owen 52 at Tim Owen 52, Timmy. He tags, these are people that he tags in the tweet. At Coach Vrabel 50, at Buck Rising, at Austin Stanley 81, at A to Z Sports, at Paul Karski NFL. Get, in all capital letters, at 1K Always Open, in a new, in a room, and get the deal done. So he has just told Mike Vrabel, Buck Stanley, and Austin Stanley, the guys at A to Z and Paul Karski, to, con- to form a committee to get A.J. Brown in a room and get the deal done. He's this team's true number one wide receiver in franchise history. And then he goes on to add ESPN, at NFL on Fox, at Shannon Sharp, and at King Henry 2, fans will turn on the Titans. What, what is, and I, I, I had to reply, because I had to go, what are you doing here? Like, what is what is going on? And he goes, I've lost my mind. And I go, 
you haven't lost your mind. You've shot it into a fucking another dimension. Is this is this is insane? This is the most insane tweet I think I've seen on Twitter, and I will attest. I think this is a literally insane person because later he goes and says he did remove all Tennessee Titans from his Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, which he's replying to a Tic Tac Titans thread, so he doesn't have to fucking tag him again. At AJ Brown, he adds AJ Brown again. I'm a huge fan, AJ, and I don't know if you'll ever see this. I don't think this franchise had an issue with paying you the bag that usually happens around July. If you don't want to be a Titan, say it. This guy's insane. In this, I I think that we we've got a, a real issue here with this fan, and I I think that we got to call the cops. Like that's that's where I'm at. This this guy's literally insane. You know, to take it <laughs> another direction, it, it bothers me that someone pointed out something actually excellent to Emily Proud just right before we started recording, which was, I wish people would remember that he, talking about A.J. Brown, he's also the guy who opened up about his mental health struggles. He's a human being, and people on here should uh, on here should basically remember that. Here's the reason why people don't open up about mental health issues because people forget it 30 seconds later. And, and, and people like to say, well, individuals should be more, they should feel more open to speak about their mental health troubles. This is exactly why people don't do it because we collectively are the problem. A lot of people like to speak like there's this metaphorical group of people that need to get their shit together and accept that people should be able to openly talk about their struggles. There's not a separate group of people that's not handling this correctly. It's you all. It's we. Like, you're going for, I guarantee, some of the same people that were applauding A.J. Brown. Bravo. You spoke up and said things that people think in dark rooms (laughs) and don't say out loud are now screaming about either the Titans won't sign him or he won't sign the deal or he's doing this in the background because he wants to be traded or if this guy's a diva and he's removing Tennessee out of his profile because God forbid that happened. Let's just let this guy doesn't want to be here anyway. Let's get him out the door. Dude, if you handled the way you're telling AJ or the team or whatever to handle these contract negotiations like you handle your employment, A, I can see why we have employment problems because you can't keep a job because this is no way to negotiate your way through life and B you never be able to keep a job. I I just, I really wish people would stop for three seconds and think about what they're going to type. Or if you've already typed it, just reread it before you hit send. Do you, I mean, Zach, how many times do you type a tweet and either delete half of it or just hit X and delete it all. I do it all day. Oh, I probably did it like three I times it all already day. today. Listen, <laughs> you know, Twitter needs to, you know, they have that algorithm where, you know, they say you didn't even read the article or blah, blah, blah. They need something that recognizes these insane people that are tweeting these insane things and start getting these guys off Twitter. Like, who, what? Why is he tagging ESPN, NFL, and Fox, Shannon Sharp, and King Henry too? Like, why those four people ride it right there? And then I don't understand. What does he think that Buck and Austin, A to Z, and Paul do? Because I, I don't get it. And then he didn't even tag John Robinson. 
who's the general manager, which I guess that's fine. But I know that Coach Frabel probably read this tweet because I know that he does search around on the Twitter. He's actually on social a hell of a lot more than yeah. we all know. So he, he, you know, he read this tweet. He's very quick to talk about it. I want someone in the media at the next press conference availability for Coach Frabel to, I, and I want it to be, I think a Joe Rexroad could deliver it really well. He could say, listen, Mike, we know that uh, you, Buck, Austin, and Paul, and the guys at A to Z are hard in contract negotiations with A.J. Brown. How come y'all haven't gotten in a room and got the deal done? People want to know. Yeah. I think it would be so good. And, 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 and speaking of trolling and, and, and good stuff for press conference, I wish that Coach Frabel and Ryan Tanhill and the Titans, I wish they would never, I wish they would for the rest of the season not make Ryan Tannehill available for any media. I think that would be an excellent troll and it would drive everybody in the media insane. And I would just fucking love it. So it, it you know, this is, I'm going to attribute something to fans and I probably shouldn't. And I don't care. It's shit like this that I think ultimately leads NFL teams to not want to be more open with the press. And here's why. A.J. Brown removes Tennessee from his profile, doesn't show up to offseason workouts. I guarantee the team is not worried about either one of those pieces of shit that I say these individual things, these, these shitty little moments that are just should mean nothing. And 10 years ago would have meant nothing. But now that social media exists, it means something. But fans take this and they, they retweet it and they get all frothed up. So then media picks up on it because where are we right now, Zach? We're in the worst part of the offseason. We're right before the draft. Everyone is tired of seeing and talking and running mocks. And I'm not, I'm not trying to just say that of my own personal hate. I mean, no, I, I think it's a it, the we, draft should have already happened. I, this, right, is, this has been the longest fucking offseason. Right. We're a week before the draft. You can only talk about and, and re, you know, rehash that content so much. So what is this? This is a fresh piece of content for, and again, I'm not trying to disparage what the media do because we're sitting right here doing it too. I mean, it, it, we're, we've now filled up 25 minutes of the podcast with this, but it gives the media something to talk about. And then what does the media do? They ask the team about it. What are the, what are the updates? Well, what about AJ Brown removing this from his social media? Do you know what NFL take, teams take away from that? This is a fucking distraction. This is why we don't want the press in the locker room. This is why we don't want to have to report about off-season workouts. This is why we want to be able to keep X, Y, and Z from the press and not talk about it because all it does is create a distraction. Has we don't any need to focus team on this right came now. out and said that, hey, we weren't going to re-sign this guy and give him what he wanted. We were going to hold fast on our offer, but we saw that he removed us from social media, so we just had to cave. Like, <laughs> what, what is this trend? Who, who's, who told... These guys, or did, I know one guy probably did it, and all the athletes think, oh, this is how I get what I want because, you know, real the real world doesn't exist. It all exists on social media. Wait, wait, what is this? What is this trend? And, and I hate, and I hate that the media is forced to cover it because people think it's a real thing. Let me tell you right now, John Robinson if his daughters, one of his daughters came in and said, hey, A.J. Brown took Tennessee off uh, his profile, which it just says Tennessee, right? Right? It doesn't say Tennessee Titans. It never said Nashville. It just said Tennessee for whatever reason. I mean, it's this stupid part of the bio anyway. And he goes, oh, well, well, thank you, daughter, for telling me that. I am now going to get on the phone 
And we weren't going to negotiate with AJ Brown, but because he took it off social media, we were going to negotiate now. It, it just, I don't, it's just one of those things I don't understand why, first off, why fans even, first off, <laughs> why are you so intent on memorizing these, the, the brain power used to memorize players' profiles on social media, the brain could be used to remember something else that's more important. Probably that password you can't remember or something. Like, clean up your brain palace of the clutter and don't memorize what's on some fucking... I don't even know what's on our profile social media for football or the efforts. I don't even know what's on there anymore. I think I still have something up from where I joined this thing called Team Blitzed like four years ago. It's like a drinking sports podcast network. I don't even... I think that's still on there. And if it's because I don't update it. Like... It's such a useless part of, of social media. And, and I agree. It's, it's time for people to not just not only tweet athletes. I think it's time for people to leave social media. I think it, Titans Twitter should take a break for about five days le- leading into the draft. Get, get your bearing straight. Detox. We need detox. And I, I plead with you all to put down your phone. Twitter will still be there when you get back. I think Twitter should be tiered. I mean, I think, let's say if you're a, let's take Buck Rising. He's in the media. Um, he should be allowed to tweet, I don't know, all day if he wants, right? But if you first join Twitter and you're just Joe Blow 69, 69, 420, you should only be allowed to tweet like once a week <laughs> until you can prove that you can handle this shit with some sort of a plum. And again, at the end of the year, we're going to go look at your tweets. It's like, dude, no, you tweeted five times this month about nonsense and you tagged ESPN and half of the world in these tweets. It's unacceptable. Get shit together. Go back to the seminar. You clearly don't get this. So people are so bored. Bonafide bro who, who I'm, I'm I, I, I like, I don't want anybody to think that I'm, I'm dissing him, but he could take it. Uh, I know he could take it. He spent, he wrote 15 tweets yesterday on Monday <laughs> about Ryan Tannehill. And he says, Oh, I'm just bored. I just want to troll. I, I I told him uh, last night he kept tweeting and, so, and someone in the group chat said, go to sleep. <laughs> like do something else. <laughs> Tweet about Ryan Tannehill. Like you, you guys just got to take a break. And, and there is more to life than whether Ryan Tannehill is going to get to throw to Austin fucking Hooper in April. Like the draft hasn't even happened yet voluntary OT, veteran OTAs hasn't even happened yet, which happened in uh, typically in late May, early June. Training camp, OTAs. I mean, there's so much more to do than to dwell on what's happening in fucking April before the draft. And what about, have- what about the NFL? And this is a side topic. The NFL doing a release show for the draft prospects that are going to be they did a show on NFL Network to announce the draft prospects that are going to be there at the NFL draft. A release Wait, show. What? Yeah, kind of like a schedule release show, but it's for the prospects that are going to show up for the first round at the NFL draft in Vegas. What, no. what are we doing here, NFL? What are we doing here, media? Are you that desperate for content? If you need an hour filled, contact me and Lebowski, and we will jump on your show. We'll, we'll freelance, and we will we'll get the people talking. When has this already aired or it's going? Oh, yeah, it's already aired. They they did a big old announcement show. Like, give, give me a fucking break. 
I mean, that, that again, that could have been handled in a tweet, you know, like the old meme of this meeting could have been an email that that could have been an email. But well, I mean, then you got Mel Kuyper making an announcement that he's unvaccinated and, you know, because vampire <laughs> blood doesn't mesh well with the vaccine or whatever. He has a day three grade on Moderna. And he's got garlic. And in so it. he's got why even announce it? Nobody's going to fucking know that you weren't there because you were unvaccinated. I, I, and it was such a ridiculous tweet. And the font for this whole draft thing that looks like the alien symbols burned into crop fields. Give me a fucking break on that, too. Yeah, his whole. Okay. If the entire crew was broadcasting from separate houses and the draft is physically in Vegas, I would have been like, yeah, okay, this is a little weird. But, dude. I could give a fuck what Mel Kuyper has to say anyway. And, but, but seriously, I am pointing this out in our group chat. If he was by himself sitting in the house, doing a remote broadcast, we're two years into this. No one questions it at this point. We just shake it off. Like it's normal. I would have never known you were sitting at home about this, your medical aversion to the vaccine. You didn't have to put all that. You didn't have to announce it. No one would have even known the fucking difference, but now you just put it again. This is a prime example. Did you know anything about Mel Kuyper's opinion or wanted Mel Kuyper's opinion on vaccine status? Right, right. That one would never have known. Never have known. Didn't care. But now you've put it out there and there is and, and the tweets were coming from both sides. There was the you're an idiot who doesn't support science. And then there was tweets of it's his freedom. And it's what he should be able to do. None of this is useful. That entire, none of it, nothing under that tweet, including the tweet itself was useful. No one needed to know that information. You just wasted all our collective brain power. I want to know how much electricity it took to completely compose all of that shit that went into the tweet and everyone replied and the waste of server space and time and electricity and manpower that went into that. And I want to, I want to bill him back for it. Mel Kuyper should have to pay like $32,000 to put that tweet out. (laughs) I mean, I, I couldn't believe I, I saw that he had tweeted and I didn't read it. And then you, you sent it in the group chat and told me what it actually said. Cause I really just didn't give a shit. Like I don't give a shit what kind of fucking announcement Mel Kuyper's making, you know, I mean, he drinks the blood of, of innocence. Like, I mean, he is a fucking vampire and I, I do not care uh, that he was, whether he was going to be there or not going to be there. Cause guess what? I'm not fucking watching that show with him on it. I I'm sick of Mel Kuyper. He is a loser who doesn't get anything right. And he gets more wrong than he does. Right. So what good is he? What good is this fucking dead corpse of a person? Let me, let me go back to a comment (laughs) you said earlier. Normally I would leave this alone, but it just Uh popped into my head, which was when has a team ever tweeted anything out about contract negotiations, all that kind of stuff. It has only happened one time that I can remember. And it is this tweet right here. Breaking news from the Atlanta Falcons. We will not pursue negotiations <laughs> with Vic Beasley this offseason on February the 3rd. They tweeted it the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. The Titans. Well, he should have took them out of their, his bio. That could have changed everything. This should have been a huge red flag of that right there. Even the top comment, which is from February 3rd, 3rd 2020. Why would you tweet this? Why not just tell Vic and let his agent inform the other teams he's available? Dude, the, the Falcons were so done with him. They went, they broke social norms and said, officially, formally, we're not talking to this guy anymore. It's just, uh, man, it is, it is exhausting. This is an exhausting okay, well, let's make, offseason. Let's make it even more exhausting. Because 
something that I was already not a big fan of, and it's just downright fucking creepy at this point, is it's our Titan social media uh, restraining order of the week. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it feels like we just, you know, blasted a whole like 50 of them out to certain people. So, well, if here's another one, if we didn't piss off a good section of our possible listenership and Titans fan base as a whole with that previous 35 minute rant, I think we're about to lose the other half because (laughs) I don't understand. Stay for the F1 stuff. (laughs) How do I say this delicately? I what is you all's fetish with pictures of men working out and, and tweeting this stuff out and, and getting all lathered up that Derrick Henry doesn't have a shirt on and he's lifting weights. And here it is. It's the first, I saw multiple media outlets tweet out the same thing. Here it is. It's the first Derrick Henry workout video images. Like, what are we doing? I, what, did we just get a sneak peek of a new fighter jet that's being well, and developed? People like, are what? begging for it. Like, yeah, I, 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 I get it. He posts that <laughs> stuff on Instagram, but here, here's my issue where I, I have a hard time going through with this is that people go copy the link of the Instagram video, go to a website that will probably give them spyware, Put the link in, download the video, or screen record it. They could screen record it, too. Yes. Download the video, screen record it, and then post it on Twitter. Do you? Th- he has a Twitter account, by the way. Derek Henry does. Do you think that if he wanted it on Twitter, he could easily just put that same video up on Twitter? <laughs> and then you got people writing articles about it. <laughs> and then you had, right before it happened, Corked Bats decides that they're gonna they made a video austin uh huff makes a video to plead for a workout video to break the silence make a workout video and here's another one i'll call out our own broadway sports wes uh who does titans draft tape and great guy nice guy he poses the question that i don't think derrick henry's in a good mental place because we haven't seen a workout video yet a couple weeks before this workout video what is going on with people needing to know what these athletes are doing every damn day? And why are they craving it? Why, what did, what happened other than you got social media engagement, which is another thing. People are clout sluts out there. Well, that's why they tag everyone. I mean, you were asking the question earlier, why did they tag 800 people? That's why it's, and again, I'm not trying to shit on your joke, but it's like, they want Buck and all these people to so that they'll read like, oh, he, he read my tweet. He brought it up with Mike Frable. It's not happening. Why? Why do we need this? If 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 I wanted to see Derek Henry's workout <laughs> videos, I'd solve them on Instagram. I I follow him on Instagram. I I have no interest in him. I know he works out. I know he loves the game of football. They were kind of cool at the beginning because they were doing stuff, but now it's just doing push-ups. Like this 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 video that recently got released is nothing impressive. It's, it's it's just a workout video. And the fact that people went out of their way to have to get on Twitter. And now everybody wants to get it first because they know that it's going to get get clicks and likes and, you know, and all this stuff. I'm, I'm out on this. I'm, I'm out on this from a whole standpoint. I will never retweet. I will never like your tweet. Don't send it to me because I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just probably going to mute you and or block you at this point because 
this is a sad state of affairs that this is classified as news. This is not news. Breaking news, NFL player works out in his his time during the offseason. Wow, we, that we definitely need to see every Derrick Henry video that he posts on Instagram. Again, if he wanted it on Twitter, he could use his Twitter account to put it on Instagram. There is no reason for you to go out of your way to screen record or go to your, you know, illegal websites to download the video to post it up into your own. I, I, I don't get the fascination with these workout videos, and I get it. This probably sounds like shit on your fun, old man screaming at clouds kind of crap. But some of the tweets that get get that are underneath there, they deserve a restraining order. And some of the people that tag him and all this stuff, and I'm just, it's just a little, it's a little much. Like, and it's not people joking. So like, it's just a little much that people are. Craving. I don't get the under uh, the the. I guess my thing is I don't get the craving part of it. Like, why are, is everybody so desperate to see a workout video? Do you well, think he's not working out? You want to you want to share Derrick Henry video? I want to see one where he's at a Ponderosa <laughs> just downing of all you can eat buffet. Show me that video because that is the video. <laughs> or show him on a Zamboni like Marshawn Lynch was. You know, I want to see something that is unique. Not something that is play X player doing X workout. Do not care. <laughs> the, <laughs> the infamous image of Kelvin Benjamin with the huge gut and he can't yeah. pull his shirt not over it. I mean, it's Photoshop all the hell, but that, I'm with you. That's the workout video I want to see. Derek Henry's a hundred pounds overweight, shows up and he, he can't like him hanging out with Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Listen, show me a video of him hanging out with Eddie Lacy at Guy Fieri's Chicken Place downtown. Just going to town on buckets of chicken, going to Flavor Town with Eddie Lacy. That's a video. This is not a video. This is this. It's a video, literally, but it's not a video worth anything at this point. It was overdone last off season. Let's not start it up again because it is worthless. It's so weird because. Like, okay, the AJ Brown stuff and the tweeting and all that, it is total time filler for media. It's an obsession that fans have that I don't personally subscribe to and think it's really weird that you all want to. By the way, most of you all are tweeting someone that is younger than you, which is just weird to me and it's outright, but I'm gonna leave it alone for a second. But like Buck can actually get on the radio. Chad can actually get on the radio. Austin can actually get on the radio and discuss the AJ Brown stuff and see if there's some legitimacy. How quickly are people going to turn off the radio if Buck goes into a 20 minute segment describing Derrick Henry's physique and his workout and the glistening sweat? Do you see where I'm going with this, people? It's fucking weird. I feel like you all are just putting your kink out there on the internet for everyone to know. And I'm not trying to kink shame, but I guess I'm kink shaming. Like, why don't you keep it to yourself when you went in that whole description about having to take the video and download it and all that? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm getting worked up. The reason why I find that so funny is because I've taken a clip of like a movie before and I know like the shit and the hoops you have to jump through to make it a meme and tweet it out. Sometimes I'm telling you 80% of the time when I get halfway through this process, I'm like, this is so much work 
for something that maybe four people are going to laugh at, I'm done. Like for you to go through probably 20 minutes of work to retweet a grown man who's younger than you, by you the way. And you got to be the out. first one to do it, right? I mean, like everybody wants to be the first one to do it. So they're like rushing. So they're <laughs> getting their own workout because they're sweating and they're like, oh my gosh, is this <laughs> downloading fast enough? Is my screen, re where's my screen recording at? Where is it at? You know, like at some point, it, it, this all goes back to your original point is that there's too much access. I, I, I wish that Derek Henry would be maybe he should charge an OnlyFans. I don't know. I don't know what it is that he needs to do to make money off this because right now I think he's losing a lot of revenue because I think he could be making a lot of money and put it behind a paywall. Put your workout videos behind a paywall and I bet he makes bank because I bet these psychos of this Titans fan base would get behind the paywall to see a Derrick Henry workout video, which is just a workout video. Like just Buy a Peloton at this point. Buy a Peloton actually, and just 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 ride your bike. Get this out. That's actually, that's actually such a good idea because <clears throat> here's kind of the way I want to do it, and it's mainly for shaming. I'm going right back to kink shaming. I just said I wanted to do it, and I'm already back. Um, if you want access to these videos, you're going to have to pay for it. So if you put it out on Twitter, you're going to have to provide proof that you paid for it. So we're going to know instantly what reporters were out there being the ones that were like a buck. I've, I've picked up buck a lot, but buck we're like, damn buck had to pay $500 to join out this video of Derek Henry bench pressing. That is really fucking and if weird. They even talk about it too. Like they, even if they talk about it, you know, they paid $500, exactly. for that but the best would be someone, <laughs> you know, that someone would get it. And then would put it on their, their Twitter and tweet it out. And then they get suspended because of DMCA rights are violated. Wouldn't that be hilarious if someone got suspended for putting a Derrick Henry workout video because it's supposed to be behind a paywall and they don't have the rights to share it? That would be awesome. I'm about to ask you to stop recording this because we're on to such a good idea <laughs> that athletes can make money and we need to be the ones facilitating this. Is, this this is like our idea last week where we said... <laughs> That if you if you don't meet certain criteria or prerequisites as a head coach, you should not be allowed to head coach or get an interview for a head coaching job for at least five years. I think I think that's a great idea. Derrick Henry workout videos behind the OnlyFans wall for him to be able to make money. Boom. So we've just spent we've just spent the last uh, thirty five minutes shaming Twitter kinks. We we have destroyed our entire workout. So this is this is the perfect segue for me to launch right into this. You're welcome, Braden. 440 Sports. <laughs> They've got other podcasts that you'll want to listen to. If we have thoroughly pissed you off, you've got all these other avenues. Yeah, you can go they're to. a lot Club nicer country, than we are. <laughs> Club and Country, Fringe Element, Gold Standard, uh, Lamestream, 440's got it. We're on their network. I can't get through this. Braden's going to be furious with me. It's 440 Sports. And they're not going to kink shame you. I'm like football and other efforts. Uh, I'm sorry. I've gotten just so, I just find it so hilarious in my head that we could get pro athletes to turn a profit and call out the weirdos in this world of who paid for these videos. And I don't know who I get more enjoyment out of. You're just average Joe Blow, like when Rick Mick 3640 tweets out that, 
look at the newest Derrick Henry video. The first comment every time is going to be, damn, bro, you paid $500 for this. <laughs> And and I, I think media. it should be like an, I mean, why not make money off of it? I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm his agent and I may just need to write his agent, I would be saying, listen, <laughs> you need to put these behind only fans and listen, I'll take 10%. 10% will come. We'll take 20. We'll split the, we'll split 10, 10. We'll take 20%. You take 20%. Derek gets to rest and let, let's make money off these workout videos because you, you're going to get the, you got to know media members are definitely going to have to buy it because you know, oh, they're going to want to buy it because they want to be the, you know, they want to have the videos or the exclusives, but just think of the fans. Oh my gosh. Oh, multi-million dollar idea. I don't know what I'd get more enjoyment out of knowing which media members had to pay for it just so they could talk about it or retweet it or whatever, <laughs> or the individual fans, because both would just be com- comedy gold. I, I would love, I would love to see. <laughs> John Glennon put out a tweet. Derrick Henry, you know, um, rehab is looking good according to OnlyFans.com. At Paul Kaharski, <laughs> shoulders and biceps are looking great according to Derrick Henry's latest only. Because, I mean, video. technically you would need it just in case he got injured or something. You would want to have that exclusive, right? So media members would want that exclusive. <laughs> Derrick Henry, it drops weight on foot. Is he okay according to OnlyFans.com? According to OnlyFans? <laughs> OnlyFans.com backslash Derrick Henry. And then you got to put um, it in the article too when you write it. You got to put oh it God. according to Derrick Henry's OnlyFans. And Actually, I, I would put it as, according to OnlyFans subscriber Paul Kaharski, you know, if Paul was the one that broke the story. That's how I'd put it in the article. <laughs> Make sure everybody knew. This is a terrible idea, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love it. We're on to something here. Cut this whole, take the last 25 minutes to cut this <laughs> off. Um, okay, you put in notes, and I meant to ask you about this, and I'm going to do it live very uh, awkwardly. Bad juju at live sporting events. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, just real quick, do you believe in bad juju at sporting events? Because uh, uh, that that's that's ultimately the question. Like, I I don't. But I was thinking about something earlier. I was telling, I wanted to tell someone earlier today, good luck on a job interview. But I text them, break a leg because of the whole stigma. Like, you don't tell someone good luck on an interview or an audition or something. You're supposed to tell them something horrible, so they have good luck. So go go break a leg, right? That's the old stage adage of, of you. Know, so I say no. But maybe I am into superstition. I don't so know. This, this stems from uh, this past weekend mm-hmm. when a Lauren's friends came in town with her new boyfriend. And uh, we l- we get lucked into getting some free tickets for the, the Predators game on Sunday at 5 p.m. And uh, shout out to my former realtor, Chris Smith, for those tickets. And he also works with the Preds. And um, so the four of us went. And we're there. And it's 1-1. Right. I think after the first period, it's one, one. So things are looking good. It's a pretty good game. And the girls go up and get something to drink. And he shows me a picture of him. And he, I didn't know that he's ever been to a Preds game before. And cause he's from Michigan. So why would he him at a Preds game? And I said, Oh, what game was that? And he told me what game it was. He goes, yeah, the Preds lost in overtime. The then the uh, Blues went on an like eight score run. It was ridiculous. It, it, by the time that we got up from our seats, is like eight eight to one. And I'm thinking, and I, I basically told him, I said, "You'll never be allowed to a Preds game again." 
Because obviously, this loss is on me. It's my fault I didn't do my due diligence. Now I can't bring this guy to a press game ever again. Now I'm hesitant if they continue the relationship to ever bring him to a Titans game. Like now I got to, you know, figure this out. Yeah, I can't take him to Sounds or Nashville soccer game. It's like sporting events are off the table. I mean, am I wrong? I don't, I don't think you're wrong. And I'll, I'll pivot into an example that I'm going to have to navigate very carefully. Oh, by um, the way, by the way, real quick, that friend that he came to the Preds game with back in 2015 continued to go to games in Nashville because he, this is the closest uh, hockey team to where that friend lives. The Preds have lost every game. So he's got juju by bad juju by association as well. It's just all over me. He just reeks of it. I had a incident that happened at a Predators game. Um, actually, you were nice enough to give us a couple of tickets, and I took a buddy of ours, Chris, friend of the uh, friend of the podcast. Um, we proceeded to sit in your seats, which were very nice, right there on the glass, right next to the Predators bench, and right behind us is former Titans tight end Philip Supernaw, who proceeds to act absolutely horrific in this hockey game, just awful. At one point, he took his shirt off, pressed his bare chest up against the glass of the bench. By the and, way, that's three rows up <clears> from the glass, so he has to take his shirt off and run down to the glass. Yes, and he essentially crawled over us to do this. He was awful. I never thought I would heard. I never thought I would hear someone say the words to me. I've got to get the fuck away from Philip Supernaw, but that's exactly <laughs> what Eric said to me, and it was hysterical. So. But the, the Predators beat the absolute dog shit in whoever they're playing. It was like eight to two. One of the most raucous, fun games I've ever been to, besides Philip Supernova sitting behind me, just being absolutely awful. So while I couldn't stand Supernova by the end of it, does he need to be in future games? Like it was, nope. it was terrible. He was awful, and the Preds played out of their minds. So I don't know what, what to believe because I don't ever want to sit in front of him again. Bad juju. I mean, there's just certain bad. bad juju. I've sat in front of Taylor the one before, and it was good luck. So in those same seats, Taylor one sat behind me, and he was he was a nice guy. I didn't really bother him or anything, but I mean, he he brought good luck. You know what time it is? Except what it's time, form- baby? It's Formula One. Another efforts. It is time for our favorite little segment that we have tacked on the end. We said we were going to give you five minutes of talk about Formula One, but I think we're all over the map when it comes to that time limit. But uh, no race. Last weekend, um, the weekend before was Melbourne, Australia. We had a really fun time over at Nobles. That's going to happen again. I'll tell you about that in just a second. But uh, F1 is heading to Imola, back to Italy. Uh, Should be a good track. Last year was a rainy mess of a disaster of a race. I don't think they got a lot of semi-dry racing in until right towards the end. Ton of wrecks. Um, Wasn't really enjoyable to watch. I'm hoping for good weather this year. Um, but with the new frames on the cars and Ferrari being out front, Mercedes trying to keep their car together, Red Bull on a straight boom or bust of their car looks balls out, but seems to like to blow the power plant apart and just not finish races. Um, but I did want to give a little kind of um, little backstory to this. Who is it that's been tweeting us all day? I'm, I'm ashamed to say that. I should know this right off our bat. But G, off G, bat. I actually got G underscore Titan yeah. uh, has been tweeting us today. And I, I've been I've been cleaning out my, our garage, so I've been able to interact with them. But he is enthralled with the storylines that are coming from Drive to Survive. So I thought it would be good before we announce the 
uh, watch party for Sunday, if maybe we caught some people up who may be trying to catch up by this weekend's race to watch it. So first off, the Ferrari, it's Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull are pretty much your three main groups. So Ferrari right now is just destroying everybody, it feels like. Talk about what's going wrong with Mercedes and then follow that into what's going wrong with Red Bull. And it's it's hard to define. And actually, there was a story, and I can't find it now, but I've seen a couple of news items floating around on Twitter today about there has been an unspecified, there have been multiple unspecified complaints made against both Ferrari and Haas about how well their car is, is suddenly doing in this new frame with new restrictions and all that. I'm going to be honest with you. If you've been watching the show up to this point, you probably know who the parties are. It's going to be <laughs> Mercedes, Red Bull, maybe McLaren making those arguments, right? But we'll see if that pans out. But essentially, the basis of that argument is kind of where we're at right now. Ferrari, who has struggled over the last several years um, <clears throat> with the smaller engines and the frames, has suddenly come out of the gate absolutely on fire in 2022. New car. They look like a brand new team. Um, they are, have they been one, two on the podium or, or both on the both Ferrari drivers on the podium for the last three races? I believe yeah. that's correct. Yeah, at and, least one of them has, <clears throat> if not both. They're, le- they're leading in construction, uh, the constructor series points. They're leading in driver championship points. And honestly, a couple more wins by Ferrari in the, in the number one slot could almost lock up the, the driver championship at this point. So it's a little, it almost seems a little unprecedented, even though it's a little ridiculous to say the word Ferrari and unprecedented when it comes to racing. Um, honestly, we'll get to Mercedes and, and Red Bull in just a second. We've been joking about Haas, but Haas is actually a legitimate surprise to have a car that's got 12 points um, and a driver in the in the top 10 of the rankings for Haas is a huge surprise this year, considering they're always at the bottom of the list with, with Williams of just the dregs of bad racing. But <clears throat> Haas seems to have a car that has figured it out and is regularly battling for the top of the middle of the pack, which is awesome to see. And it's made racing a lot more fun. Middle of the pack racing is a hell of a lot more fun and very entertaining to watch. Um, there's been a lot of battles for one and two in these last few races, but, um, just, or I'm sorry, last couple of races, but to see the middle of the pack and what they're going through to battle for position is awesome. And it's, it's what F1 wanted to give fans with this new platform of the car and the new restrictions. And so far it's delivering Mercedes, their frame has been wobbly. They can't seem to, they're off the pace by a couple of seconds where they used to dominate one and two are now struggling to even find podiums Um, for a fan. It's a little disappointing to me for uh, George Russell, because I wanted to see him kind of instantly get towards the podium. But ironically, what's come out of this is that George Russell just this season has had, has had better luck or is possibly driving better than Lewis Hamilton. I say that last part with a huge caveat because I don't want to dismiss what Lewis Hamilton's doing. Red Bull's complete boomer bust right now. They've got a car that seems like it could win any race if they don't blow it the fuck up. Now, I don't know if that's just Max Verstappen and he can't get himself under control and not blow the car up or if the car literally does have some issues and they just can't get it to finish a race. So 
<clears throat> and a really mealy mouth um, kind of generalization of what's happened right now. Ferrari's leading the pack, and if it goes like this a couple more races, they almost look unstoppable. Red Bull's got a car that, if it can finish the race, can legitimately win. Mercedes has got a problem, and hopefully they can fix it and get it together. But if not, they're wasting the talent of two excellent drivers right now. And Haas is the shit. And you got to yeah. watch some Haas and you got to root for some fucking Haas. I'm all in on Haas. Go sure. Gunther. Go Gunther. So, uh, um, real yeah, quick, the, the, the sprint races this weekend. So, t- take people just real quick through this, what the sprint race is. So, and I'm going to butcher this. I should have the rules up in front of me, but um, F1 last year tinkered with the idea of a few races a year having this sprint race in the last qualifying that would help determine qualifying. But you basically, you're racing for like, it's like 15 laps or 10 laps or something, something short to help determine uh, placement for pole. So it's, it's trying to provide some more excitement for qualifying. Um, it's kind of controversial. A lot of the drivers don't like it. There's a big segment of the fans that don't like it. Um, but if you've been listening to the last hour of this podcast, you know what we think about fans' opinions. But but at the same time, it's been kind of controversial. I'm a little uh, iffy on whether or not I like it. It is relatively entertaining to watch, but it feels a little farcical. Whereas qualifying in F1 is actually pretty damn entertaining to watch on its own because the announcers get into it. They really lay out what you're trying to do. And in qualifying, the drivers are absolutely balls out trying to push the car as hard as they can around the track to get the best time. So I don't even know that it's needed. But that being said, Amola is the first sprint race qualifying determiner um, of the year. So we'll get a sprint race on Saturday to determine pole position. And then Sunday is the real event. And Sunday, 8 a.m. at Nobles is F1 <clears throat> Fellowship. So no food. Just drinks. I was told that someone's buying around. I think Buck's buying around for everybody that shows up. Right. Um, so eat your food before you get there and come hang out. And so the race starts at 8 a.m. I, I'm hoping Nobles lets us in a few minutes before, but they have confirmed they'll be open. Yeah, they're not going to have they're not going to have food. I don't think they actually start serving items until 10 a.m., but they are going to have us on site with sound this time. Unfortunately, they didn't have, we didn't have a lot of sound in the midnight event. Um, but we are were midnight in a bar in East Nashville, so can't really harp on them for that too bad. But um, it's a fun place to watch a race. And this F1 fellowship has been a blast. Again, I got to go shout out to B-Love. He's the one who originated and organized this. Um, and there was a pretty damn good turnout for the midnight race. So I will be there um, 8 a.m. on Saturday. Zach is going to make every effort to be there. The, the, is the that plan, right? Or the plan, I just call the you plan is. The plan is. The plan is. Buck is going to be there and he's promised prime rib for everybody. So you can, you can put his name to that. There you go. <laughs> it's football and other F words. You've listened to us long enough today. If you've stuck with us this far and we haven't pissed you off, or you thought to yourself, that's one of my relatives tweeting that that's really offensive. Um, I'm here to tell you something. We don't care. Hey, <laughs> as long as care. you guys, listen, as long as you guys shut up for a fucking week, next week, we'll talk about football. I promise. <laughs> I'm going to treat you like Stephen A. Smith, that infamous video. Let me tell you something right now. We don't care. Okay? We don't care. No, in all seriousness, we do care. Tell people that you like us. Listen, subscribe. Tell your friends and neighbors that you listen to football and other F-words and have them go rate, review, and subscribe. Um, For the both of us, Zach Lines, myself, Michael Gillum, you've just been effed.
a Broadway sports media production.